say that we traded Randall for a second round draft pick, I'd be like, good. Thank God we got that dude off our roster. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, the thing, like, the thing about Randall, too, is that he really improved his shooting. Uh, oh, yeah, his mid-range has been incredible this season. Man, 40% from three, you know, the connection with him and Reggie. You know, Reggie, after the All-Star break, is shooting 45% on seven attempts. So he's really became, like, a, a real sniper uh, after the All-Star break. Uh, also, like, uh, Alec Burke, he's really been transforming like into a fourth quarter player for us, averaging, you know, 16 points, uh, 45% from the field, 42% from three on five attempts right after the all-star break. So he's been on fire after the all-star break, but you know, the winds haven't been tolling enough. Like it should be, but I guess our schedule has been kind of hard uh, on the second half. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing for sure is that, I mean, if you look at it, like everybody says, the Knicks have been struggling a little bit the second half of the season, but I mean, we lost, what, two games to the Sixers by four points, two of these games to the Nets by two points. Like, I mean, these are good teams, and we're playing them close. But, I mean, I don't think it's exactly a collapse of the Knicks or anything like that. No, no. no I, don't. I think it's uh, – actually, I mean – how do you feel? Do you want them to make the playoffs or do you want them, you know, to get that extra lottery pick? Because I don't, it seems like the Mavs, Luka's just putting them on their back. I don't think the Mavs are going to miss a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see them make the playoffs, at least a play-in game, just because of how the season started and the expectations and the experience for all these young guys. But, I mean, obviously I'm not going to be terribly upset if we get a lottery pick either. The good thing is, if you have two picks, our pick and the Dallas pick, neither of them are obviously going to be super high. You could always use them to trade up or just take two shots on two players. I and mean, we found quickly late in first round, but I'm sure we could, you know, I mean, yeah, nothing's ever a short bet between, between that and the Detroit second rounder, which is basically a first. I think we'll find a guy that can really help us out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talking about the draft, uh, Talk about Obi, you know. Obi has had a rough, rough rookie season. Oh, uh, yeah. Coming in, you know, coming in, I thought he would be more, you know, ready for the NBA. That was the appeal of drafting him with Tibbs. You know, you know, Tibbs doesn't like to play rookies, but we're seeing, I, I, except for Quickly, because Quickly's actually good. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Obi has looked lost, especially on defensive end. Like, you can't play him and Randall together. So that's a comp, like, that's a, something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. What do you think about uh, the whole Obi situation? I mean, it's been frustrating watching Obi this year, and he hasn't been getting a lot of minutes, which I think is definitely part of it because, I mean, it's just hard to get into a rhythm and get adjusted to the NBA. It's not like he came from some big powerhouse conference where he was playing against elite competition. And you're seeing, like, you know, little signs of his improvement. He's getting a little bit more confident with this three. I saw in this game today they actually used him in some – as the role guy and scored on some of those. But I mean, with Mitch out, I think Tib just really needs to find a way to get Obi more involved in the offense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure like Tibbs had a big voice in picking Obi and mm-hmm. he probably thought Obi would be more uh like, like but as you said, like, you know, he didn't play the best competition, you know, at Dayton, he played a lot of center. And he was just bullying people. And, and that strength has not translated to the NBA. I don't know if you noticed when he posting up people, even small forwards or 
like he can't do anything. <laughs> like, in the oh practice. yeah, even when he goes up for layups, sometimes he just like just like it look. He looks a lot like RJ when he went to the paint last year before he had some of that muscle, where he's just not strong enough to finish at the rim. So hopefully this offseason he'll be able to bulk up a little bit, and you'll see a little more effectiveness from. Him. But the concern I see with the RJ with the um with the Obi thing is that RJ Obi is like 22, 23. That's RJ true. is 19, <laughs> you know, 20 bullying guards for NBA guards, seasoned vets. You know, he's bullying them oh, at yeah. 19, 20. Obi's not doing that. No, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, yeah, a more positive draft bad. pick, uh, lottery pick, uh, RJ. You know, RJ really improved this year. Uh, improved the scoring average from 14 to 17. Improve his free throw percentage, you know. You know, since he's not really a three-point shooter, he's gonna really count on those, you know, free throws for uh for for those points. You know, he improved from sixty-one to seventy-two percent, and he's shooting a thirty-four percent from the three, which is league average. Which coming into the draft, that's all coming from coming from the draft. That's all you can ask from him, to be honest. To be a league league average three-point shooter, that's all I ask, and he can average twenty-three points off that. I believe in his prime. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I mean, yeah, if he can shoot league average and he can get to the rim the way he does and draw fouls, I I know it's an obvious call but everybody, that everybody makes, but, I mean, I really see a lot of Jimmy Butler in him if he can continue, you know, getting yeah. muscle and developing a shot a bit more because he's already even shown he's a decent bit of a playmaker. So, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for RJ after last year where I was I was really concerned about RJ. I mean, I didn't – speak about it much I didn't talk about it much I didn't want to think about it much but I mean this year he's really showing that he deserved to go three overall in that draft yeah for real. when RJ was really picking things up uh I don't know if you saw on Twitter like Knicks fans and Grizzlies fans were going back and forth talking about you know Morant is better and RJ is better you know I'm not on I'm not like I'm not too because you know how Knicks fans could be like I'm not on that boat yet. John Moran is definitely still better than uh, RJ, but RJ has yeah, proved yeah. that, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be the real deal. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I love John Moran, and like, there's obviously a reason he went too ahead of RJ, but RJ's put together a really solid year on both sides of the ball. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, how do you feel about uh, Frank and Knox so far? You know, I thought they would – I definitely thought uh, Knox would get more of a look this year, uh, and he hasn't got any more minutes in the second half too. I mean, garbage time, I don't really count that, to be honest, because yeah. you're not really yeah, breaking Tibbs' reto- uh, rotation like that, you know? Mm, yeah, I mean, if you're getting garbage, I mean, he hit, what, like a few threes the last game he got in. But, I mean, it's the end of the game. People are just – flying around trying to put up shots it doesn't really mean all that much how do you think the future for uh frank and uh and knox is going to be because you know frank he's going to be a restricted free agent i know teams are going to be looking at him thinking that they could bring him into their situation and fix him up uh, but you know knox has one more year left he could be in the pick trade package you never know what the knicks are going to do with the assets but how do you feel like the knicks and leon rose and his new front office are gonna you know proceed with this well with frank I'd say since he's a restricted free agent, I'd wait and see what teams offer Frank because I really don't think there's that many teams that are going to throw a ton of money at him. If there's there's some team that wants to throw him some stupid amount of money, by all means, let him walk. I love Frank. I love his defense. and I've wanted him to be our starting point guard for since we drafted him. But I mean – 
I'm not going to want to overpay a guy that's that limited, basically just like a defensivist at this point. Like, what's the max you would like? What's like? What's your limit on giving Frank a contract? Like, how much money would you give him per year? Um, I probably I'm not really <laughs> cap stuff to be honest. I'd say probably around like five mil a year for yeah. two three years. Yeah, for, uh, for that. Yeah, uh, you saw what uh probably around with um what's his name uh Austin Rivers what he got probably just throw that at him. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good deal. I mean, I like that Austin Rivers deal. Obviously, once we traded for Rose, that wasn't going to work out. But, I mean, that was a super favorable contract for the Knicks. And then OKC just waived him. They, they didn't even let him in the bill. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't let they, They're not playing. Is he, is he with another teammate? He's with the Bucks, actually. Oh, what's that? Hey, uh, good for him, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, didn't work out over here. I mean, not to really talk about Austin Rivers, but he only really showed up against Utah. Two of the games against Utah, that's the only games he really played well. Everything yeah, else. Yeah. He had a crazy game in that game. But, I mean, outside of that, yeah, he didn't do much of anything. I know you've been seeing the, the Lonzo hype. You know, we were oh, yeah. to trade for him. Never happened. I think they was, they was asking for too much. I think the package was, like, along the lines of, like, Mitch – First, maybe Mitch and Knox in a first-round pick. Maybe, like, something like Then you have to pay him on top of that, right? I don't think the Knicks were were trying to do that. They were going to talk to him in free agency. You think we have a chance at him, or is just hype? We have a chance at him in free agency. I mean, he's a really great fit for our team, and the Pelicans really haven't shown that they want to pay players to get into that luxury tax. And, I mean, I think if – they try to lowball him. We could get in there, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams looking at him too. But seeing how good he can shoot the three this year, just like last night, I'm pretty sure he had like a huge game from three. I mean, that just completely changes his upside as a player. Because not only can he distribute the ball and be a pass first guard, but if you can shoot and hit your open shots, that's huge in today's NBA. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't mind uh... – you know, I wouldn't be too mad if the Knicks, like, overpaid him a little bit, like, the excess of $20 million just because, like, he could be an all-star, especially in the East. Like, he can't. Like, he showed that potential. I know the, the the Pelicans haven't been really winning, but it's not his really his fault. You know, he's playing solid defense. Like, I watch a lot of New Orleans games. It's really not his fault. The three-pointer has really gone in. The free throws have really gone in. The vision has always been there. I, I like Lonzo and the Knicks. I really do. I do. I do too, yeah. And um, I know there's also recently been some hype about uh, Brunson too. Oh, so, uh, oh, I would, man. I would take Brunson as a consolation prize if we don't, if we miss out on Lonzo. I think he's a pretty good fit for what we need on the roster. Yeah, I really, really like Brunson's game. Like, man, he could play. Like, Brunson is a dog. Like, even uh, even in Villanova, like. Oh, dude, yeah, I watch it. I normally hate Villanova because they knocked Pitt out of the uh, Elite Eight <laughs> way back when Pitt was actually good. But, uh, man, that dude can ball. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's transition out of Nick's talk. Uh, let's talk about the Boston Celtics. You know, the Boston Celtics are 25 and 25, just 500, just like us. But, you know, they have two all-stars on the team. Uh, they're eighth in the East. You know, they, they've been pretty making poor decisions drafting, uh, drafting wise, especially, you know, they drafted uh, Arian uh, Naismith 
from Vanderbilt. They drafted uh, Romeo Langford, who has not touched the court. I saw him last night, <laughs> like for the first time, and he has he hasn't really produced for them like that he hoped to. Uh, the Kemba contract has just been shit. Like that's probably one of the worst contracts in the league right now. Like Danny H tried his best to replace uh, Kyrie, but nah. Like Kemba has not worked out over there. Too much of a scorer to work with Tatum and Brown. Uh, how do you feel about the Boston Celtics? I don't know. Have you been watching any Celtics games? I know we hate them as Knicks fans, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch them here and there and everything. But um, like you said, I mean. Obviously, Kemba was out for a chunk at the beginning of the year. He's not playing back-to-backs right now, so that's not doing them any favors. But as great as Brown and Tatum are, they're not players that make anyone else on the team that much better. They're good at scoring and getting their points, but they don't help distribute the ball and spread the ball around the court. So, I mean, I think if Kemba can stay healthy, they can still become like I don't know as high as a six seed or something if they play the rest of the year outright but I think long term they got some real issues with that Kemba contract because he's not getting in any younger and his knees aren't getting any better so that's yeah, a tough for sure. yeah for sure this is like the main problem I have is just like the mismanagement of assets that they had hopefully you know Leon Rose and that whole front office doesn't do the same mistake because you know they were so they were supposed to trade for Kawhi. You know when when he was having that San Antonio issue, he was like he was supposed to go get Anthony Davis, but he didn't want to give up Brown. Like like there's a lot of stuff like they could have done throughout the years, and like they they covered their tra- they tried to cover their tracks with like trading for Evan Fournier. Uh, I don't know. Like they probably gonna have to pay him since you traded for him, right? That that's what makes sense. I don't I'm know. Sure, but they gave up for him. It was just like two seconds or something, but still, I mean, you'd imagine they make that trade with the intent of keeping them for at least a few years. And then they still got uh, Tatum in the pipeline. Brown, you know, he's, his extension is going to start to kick in. Canva's contract, like, and then Marcus Smart, they still pay Marcus Smart, like, an excess of $15 million. Yeah, I think he's a free agent next year, too, right? Yeah. I, how do you feel about him, like, on the Knicks? I actually, that's one of the other people I was actually had on my list of free agents I'd like the next target. I mean, that defense is just – we need a guard that can defend and, you know, at least show some signs of offense on our team. I think he'd be really great in the backcourt with Quigley. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, his defense, like, he's probably one of the – like, his defense probably him, Drew Holiday. Like, oh, I love Drew. <laughs> did you see he got paid? He just got paid today. I oh, think yeah. Last Good. night or today. I've liked him since he was in Philly. When I was younger, Philly was the team I kind of followed just because AI and I live in Pennsylvania, so it made more sense than rooting for LeBron because I'm just I'm not a Bron fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, is Drew Holiday is one of my probably top ten favorite players in the league. Damn, you know it's crazy. Not gonna lie, I've always thought uh, Drew Holiday was overrated. Not gonna lie. Because I've I was, always thought I, I thought his defense was good, but I always thought his mm-hmm. offense lacked a lot behind his defense. And, like, it was, like, times in New Orleans where, you know, him and Anthony Davis, they could have went on a – I know they went on that one run, like, when they beat Dame. And, but I felt like, you know, if he was the guy that, you know, a lot of people said he was, like, the Pelicans would have done a lot better with Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? For sure. And, I mean, that's kind of the reason I like him in Milwaukee is because it's not just – 
him and one of the guys, him and Chris Middleton and then Giannis too. So like he doesn't have to have all that burden. He has more open shots and he can get around and still do his thing on defense without, you know, completely just running himself dead trying to do too much on a team. How do you feel uh, like um as far as like we could transition into the Bucks, I guess. Like, uh, what do you think the Bucks ceiling is? Like, do you think they could beat the Nets? Because the Bucks have been on fire since uh, the All Star break. Uh, Giannis has just been tearing the league apart. Forty game, thirty five, forty. Like he's been tearing the league up. Uh, how do you, he might win his third MVP? Because we don't know who's gonna be the MVP. But you know, how do you feel about the Bucks? I like the Bucks. I like Giannis. Obviously, um, I'd probably say. I still think they're a few steps behind Philly and the Nets. I still think if they match up with either of them in a playoff series, they'll probably lose. But I mean, really, I think they, you think Philly would beat them? I think so, man. And Bede's just been playing out of his mind this year when he's healthy. And you can't that, trust him. You can't trust him, bro. Like, that's true. You can't trust him. And Ben, like I love Ben to death. Like I've been a Ben, I've been a big Ben fan since LSU. But he can't shoot the ball. Yeah, that's my thing. I don't. I'm actually kind of on the opposite end of that. I really don't like Ben Simmons. I uh, want, I want to like Ben Simmons so much, but he just comes off as such a like cocky, whiny little baby every time. He's always a chirping at the refs, chirping at players. And I'm sure if he was on my team, I'd probably like him for that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, the fact that he can't shoot, I think, really limits what Philly's ceiling is. But the, addition, but the addition of Seth Curry, though, I think that was probably, like, one of the most underrated moves of the offseason. That opened, that creates so much more spacing for that team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and then, um, you know, even with Embiid out, their defense has still been top tier. They they barely lost any games when Embiid was out. They're definitely a complete team. But, you know, what I've seen from the Bucks recently with, you know, with Middleton starting to like percolate in the second half and Giannis and just uh, with the because I believe a uh, holiday, he also he, the, I believe he got hurt or it was COVID something like along those lines. Like he missed a, a decent chunk of the season. He's came back and mm-hmm. he's played well with that group. <clears throat> I, I don't and PJ Tucker, you don't forget about the PJ Tucker. You know they could run a lineup of like uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Middleton, uh, Divincenzo, Giannis at the center, and like PJ and like they could switch everything. Giannis could defend the rim. Oh, yeah, they're definitely a good team. I'm not saying they couldn't beat um, Philly, but I just think in seven games that I don't – I guess it's just that what we've seen in the playoffs from Giannis has just been teams kind of walling him up, not letting him get to the rim. And I'm still not completely convinced they have enough shooting to make that work. Okay. I see your point. I respect that. I respect that. But uh, you know, Brad Stevens' job has been—he's—he's uh, he's been on the hot seat, and it's kind of funny because Brad Stevens has made nothing, had made something with nothing his whole you know NBA career, and he's having one bad season. And you know, I guess the Celtics fan base is just like ours. Oh, like you know, you mess up for twenty games, we're, like we want you out of here. I think that's a little nuts. I mean, I think like you were saying earlier, it's a little bit more on Danny Ainge. He just hasn't used that huge stockpile of draft picks to 
make any moves. And if you don't use your draft picks, you just end up with these players and you never know what you're going to get. The drafts are crap shoot every single year. So, I mean, it obviously hasn't panned out because their bench is just paper thin right now. Right. Who's their best player off the bench? Like Fournier, maybe? Right. That's probably <laughs> – I honestly – I don't even know much of their bench right now. And then, like, they traded Thea's – they traded uh, Daniel T- – not Thea's, uh Daniel Tice and uh, – what's that other center? Uh, I don't know, but it's it's funny because now they got – they're running, like, Luke Cornett and um, – they're they're running like terrible centers. They're running terrible players at the uh, They got Cornet on their team. Yeah, like he's there jacking up threes. I was dying <laughs> yesterday. Like I was crying. I was like, yo, Cornet is still in the league. Like, damn. Like nobody's yeah, giving man. up on that seven two shooter. Yeah, I guess I mean, yeah, if you're that tall and you can shoot threes, someone will find us a spot for you in that rotation. Man. You remember when he was on the Nick? Like, I was I was actually a fan. I thought he could do something. Oh, yeah, no, I liked him, and I'd like to keep him, but it just, I don't know, it depends on what he, I don't know what he got paid when he left, but, I mean, I'm assuming it was probably more than the Knicks needed to pay him. Probably a Ron Baker contract, you know how that went. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was, I, out of everything with that Ron Baker contract, the fact that he got a no trade clause for some reason, just like, what do you think, why? I, I never understood that contract. I saw like when Woj tweeted out there that we signed Ron Baker to like a two-year, like nine million dollar deal with no trade calls. I was just like, why? Why? Like he doesn't have no like he doesn't have no NBA skills. I'm pretty sure he's balling in China right now. No, I, I don't know about him being on any other NBA team, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was in China. So it was Trier actually, which surprised me a little bit, but. Isn't Trier like last time I saw Trier, he he got drafted by the Wolves G League t- uh, team. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking he was in China, but he might be in the G League. Now I think he was. I, we probably think he was in China because some troll account like it went viral on like he signed. <laughs> <laughs> he signed to like China. It was like a Photoshop uh, picture of him signing a contract. It's like a Chinese dude. Oh yeah, that's more. Yeah. That's that's more than possible. I definitely just <laughs> scroll through Twitter sometimes. And I'm like, oh shit, and then I go back and it's like a fake Adam Schefter account or something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh damn, fell for that one. Right. Um, let's talk about a uh, rookie of the year, because uh, it looked like Lamelo had that locked up, you know, until he went down. You know, uh, twenty one because after he started, like the twenty one games he started, he put up nineteen points, uh six assists, five rebounds, doing everything on the court, uh forty two percent from three on six attempts. So you know the 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 when people thought coming into the draft, you know, he couldn't shoot, you know, decision making was gonna be questionable. He put all that to bed and he looks like he looks like a future star in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that he's definitely going to be like a future MVP type candidate. I was a huge fan of his going in the draft. I was actually hoping that the Knicks would trade up to get him both their first and maybe a player like Dennis Smith Jr. or someone that didn't really have a future with the team. But, I mean – just playing overseas and the way he was able to actually compete against those grown men really just kind of sold me on him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like um, when he first went over there, I was a little, I was a little confused because I wanted him to play college ball. 
because at the time, because like the competition, like we don't know, like because he was playing in like an Australia league and the team wasn't doing that good, and you know it was like no. kind of like the same situation that Killian Hayes was in back in like I believe Germany, where he was just playing on like a shit team, but he was putting yeah. up these amazing stats just because like he was the man and the main priority of the club was to get that guy drafted. And we see how Killian Hayes has turned out. Like I know the injury, but man, <laughs> I, like, oh, yeah. he's been he's had a solid year, man. And and like we could transition to like uh, Halliburton because Halliburton really surprised me. I know Detroit hit like they're punching the air right now, passing on Halliburton because he could have fit in with that point guard role. Because I didn't think he had a handle like that. I didn't think he could attack the paint and get those paint touches like a point guard would like to do in a traditional system in today's NBA, but. He's doing all those things and playing alongside uh, uh, Fox and Hill, shooting the three at uh, 39%, you know, 13 points, four assists. And his defense at, like, 6'5 is really, really good. Like, really good. Oh, yeah. He's he a good player, for sure. He was on the board when the Knicks drafted too, right? Yep. He, he dropped. Like, he was supposed to – man, he was supposed like, – I guess he was – like, that was his range, you know, us – Detroit, he dropped all the way to uh, Sacramento, which I believe was 12. Yeah, I was really surprised. They were showing, even on the draft, they were like best available players, Tyrese Halliburton. I was like, oh, Knicks need a point guard. Seems like an obvious fit. But, I mean, it's hard to knock drafting OB based on him being like college basketball player of the year, Julius not looking good the year before. So, I mean, I, I guess – so I guess it's hard to knock on the Knicks for passing on him, but I think it would have been a much better pick. When the Knicks drafted Obi, he was on the same like, like, kind of thing. Like, oh, okay, I guess Randall's gone, right? Or right, yeah. I actually wrote an article for Daily Knicks, and I was like, Randall's probably played his last game as a Nick. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I can't fucking bit me in the ass. Crazy, and then um. Another guy that's in the running for uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, Anthony Edwards. Like, after the All-Star break, he's been putting up 24 points, five rebounds, two assists, not much of a passer, but really been putting up uh, increased his scoring average. But he's not been the most efficient, 33% from three, uh, 44% from the field. But he, You know, he's stupid athletic. He's, I know you've seen the highlights when he drafted – when he uh, dunked on uh, the Raptors player, you know, he – Put him on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a freak athlete, and he has better handles than I thought he did coming out of the draft. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player. Do you see uh, that trio of them, D- uh, Towns, D'Lo, and uh, Edwards working out offensively and defensively? Offensively, I could see it working out. I don't think either of those threes. Maybe Edwards a bit, but – Towns and um, what's uh, D'Angelo Russell, I don't think they can play defense at all. So I think that's going to be what ultimately kind of keeps them from getting to, like, the heights they want to reach. And then, like, that whole coaching uh, situation they had, like, they hired somebody off another guy's bench. Like, have you ever seen that before? No, that was one up right up there with the Knicks, how they fired Fizz. That was, like, some of the <laughs> weirdest firings i've seen in a while yeah like i understand firing the the who was the timberwolves coach uh saunders son right yeah yeah flip saunders son i can't remember his name but 
he was complete ass. I, like, he was ass. He had no command in that locker room. He he was trash. But uh, Chris Finch, like they've been playing well. Like the record, like their record has improved. Like over, they've been winning more games. I know you saw them against the Knicks. Like offensively, they're more of a rhythm. They they have like with things that change. Like because I've seen them before and after. Uh, Anthony Edwards is more like more of a ball handler. Like Chris Finch has allowed him to play more pick and roll, not just stand in the corner, stand at the uh, court at the elbow, waiting for the ball. Then you do something like, nah, he's coming down the court with the ball in his hands already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that with Edwards, the biggest thing for him is just gonna be how him and D'Lo kind of share that load of like handling the ball and running the offense and if they can right because you know you know probably when Edwards probably doesn't have the ball he's not that effective he doesn't want to play defensive I'm not if I'm not shooting you know in the next three possessions like I'm disengaged like same thing with Knox right like he doesn't touch the ball in the corner for a few possessions he's out of it he like you're, he's pretty much out the game I think yeah, I think Edwards has uh, more uh, mortar issues, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like like town like ultimately, I feel like Towns is gonna ask for acts out. Uh, honestly, like in two years, I could see Towns just being fed up. You know? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see him being fed up. I just he's a great offensive player. I just don't. I mean, he's never gonna be the best player on a contending team. I don't think so, at least. For sure, for sure. And I, I don't know if you've seen that article of um, how, like, uh, Tibbs and Towns, like, they didn't end their relationship on bad terms. And they're, like, they, they're not, like, on bad terms. You know, if they were to come together again, like, it's fine. It's water under the bridge. It's a new situation. I wouldn't mind the Knicks making a run at, at Towns. Like, if that, if that situation opens up, I wouldn't mind. Because I don't know how comfortable I feel with um, paying Mitch going forward, right? Because he's due. He is due. And I don't know, because before the injuries, like when, because he was playing amazing until he went down with the broken hand. I was, I was ready to give him a 15 million a year. But, bro, like, if you commit to him, I don't know if he could play more than 60 games a season. Yeah, it's a tough thing. I mean, it's hard to call him injury prone after a broke hand and that kind of like a freak injury breaking your foot going up for that steal, which was, I mean, you love to see that hustle and effort, but it was just a dumb play. But I mean, if you can maybe use that injury as like leverage to get him at like say 12 million a year for four years or something like that, I'd be thrilled with having him on that contract. Yeah, for sure. And, but, you know, he got hurt his second and first year, too. You know, he had uh, ankle injuries. I was actually at um his rookie uh, his rookie year. I was actually at a game where he hurt his ankle. Like, it was my first time watching Mitchell Robinson. He was coming right off the summer league, you know, when he took us all by storm. It's like he was dominating. And then I came to see him, and like, he got hurt, like, the first play. I'm like, damn. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Those seven-footers coming off, like, even this injury specifically is a foot injury. I mean, you never know how people are going to recover from that. I don't know. Have you noticed, like, um, past couple of years, like, the young guys coming into the league, the big guys, like, they've been injury-prone. Wendell Carter, uh, uh, Marketing, uh, like, Mitch, like, 
Mo Bamba, like bro, like a lot of bigs, they they don't see the they don't see a lot of the court the first couple of years. And yeah, maybe, man. I mean, oh. those big dudes. It just there's so many things that can go wrong when all that weight's coming down on your knees and your legs, and if you fall wrong, it's just it's a tough position to play all 82 games or 72 or whatever this year is. But yeah, for sure, probably the reason why they uh, the Knicks they don't want to pay KP. Yeah, no, and honestly, I mean, like, I wasn't thrilled when they traded KP, but he went to the Mavs, and you saw he messed up his other knees. Now it's a 7'3 dude with two bum knees. It just looks like he lost almost all of his lateral quickness and is like a shell of himself on defense. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather have Randall on this contract than KP on a max contract because you just never know how many games KP is going to play in here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, is an Iron Man, right? Yeah, I mean, he missed that one game for a leg bruise, but I mean, other than that, he's been giving it his all every minute he's out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's transition into um, Lakers. We could transition to Los Angeles just in general, right? Um, the Lakers, they're six and nine without uh, LeBron. AD has been hurt since before uh, the All-Star break. He's been dealing with that uh, Achilles. They don't want to bring him back. They don't want to rush him back just because, you know, it, we saw what happened with Kevin Durant in the finals two years ago. And, you know, they're more like when you watch them without the superstars, like they're they're more thin than you thought they was. Like they're running uh, Dennis Sh- uh, Schroeder. I'm not a big fan of Harold. He's He's a midget center. That's what I call him. <laughs> like after the disrespect I saw Jokic just put on him, I I can't I can't no more. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough spot for them to be in. I really think uh, Drummond's gonna help fill the gap until AD gets back, but they're still really gonna struggle if AD and LeBron are out for much longer. And then um, when they come back, you know, they still got to get that chemistry, start to, you know, get that defensive chemistry, especially, you know, because, you know, the West every year, it's a gauntlet, especially with Utah now. Like Utah, Suns are good now. It's a lot of good teams in, out in the West. That You know, Denver with the addition with Aaron Gordon, that has improved that team defensively a lot, extremely, you know, because now they have somebody who's big, physical. He did, a, he did a good job on Kawhi the other night. I don't know if he was watching that game, but he, he – he put it on – he put some good defense on Kawhi. Oh, but, yeah, he's good. He's a solid defender overall. Yeah, for sure. You know, I guess, you know, he was part of the reason why, you know, the Magic were a good defensive team. You know, they would make the 7 AFC just off of defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, um, yeah, so how do you feel? Like, do you think the Clippers – I mean, not the Clippers. Do you feel like the Lakers, like – should we be concerned? Like, should they fan base be concerned about, you know, them go- coming into the playoffs all banged up or, you know, it's LeBron, it doesn't really matter? I mean, to me personally, as long as LeBron and AD have enough time, if they come back, like, soon, close enough to the playoffs that they can get kind of some run and, you know, get back into playing shape before the playoffs, I think they're going to be fine as long as they're all healthy and they'll probably at least make it to the finals. But, I mean, the Clippers and West, like you said, it's a gauntlet, man. And 
anything could happen. And one little small injury to that team in the playoffs, and they're going to have serious issues. Yeah, for sure. Uh, What about you? What do you think? I honestly believe, like, like like you, I I feel like you know if they're able to get it together, right? Like if they're able to get like five six games together, all healthy before the playoffs, I feel like they're fine, right? But yeah. if AD is coming back like barely into the playoffs, I think it it can become an issue, right? Because one through eight, like even the AFC, like Luca, like he'll take games off. He might might beat you, but you know he's gonna wear you out until the next series when you do play like. Utah or you do match up with the Clippers in the second round, you know, it's going to be a problem. I I do. Yeah, no, I totally see that. I mean, there's teams like even Portland getting uh, Powell on their team. I think that was a big pickup for them. I mean, having him, uh, Lillard, McCollum all on the floor that can hit threes and drive to the rim, I think they're going to give people problems in the playoffs this year. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I do think uh, I think Powell is a dog, but ah, man, Gary Trent. I'm a I'm a big Duke fan. I love Gary Trent, man. Gary Trent, I love Gary guy. Trent too. I would I would I don't think he will now that he got traded because I'm sure Toronto will pay him. But I was really hoping that the Knicks would throw some money at him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Gary Trent is. I think the reason Portland got rid of him was just that they didn't want to have to pay him next year. But I mean, if I was Portland, I'd find some other salary to move and keep that dude. But I'm pretty sure Powell's an expiring contract too. So they would have to unless they don't like they don't want to pay Powell. Like they would yeah. have to pay Powell too. So I was like, I guess I guess the organization just came to a decision like this guy is gonna be better for us, you know, than uh Trent. But you know Trent's been balling in, in with the Raptors. I think today he just hit a he hit a game winner today. Yeah is he playing what small forward with the Raptors or is he at two back at two? I'm pretty sure he's playing the three with Count with Lowry and uh, Van Vliet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe that uh, they think he that Powell's a better defender at three, and that's why Portland thought of switching him. But other than that, I really that trade. I mean, I guess it's a better fit, but still giving up on a player like Trent Edwards is it's a tough call. And you gotta remember, the Raptors—they started off slow. I still think, I still think they're a good team, even though they're having center issues. I still think they're a good team, and they're gonna knock somebody off that plane. They're gonna be in the playoffs. They're either gonna knock us out or somebody. They—they're they're a really good team. They still play that defense. They still coach really well. They're—that's my bold prediction. I, I believe they're gonna be that sneaky team that gets into the play and, and just gets a playoff spot. I do. I can see that. I mean, I was honestly so surprised they didn't trade Lowry at the deadline. But um, now they haven't. I mean, they still definitely have enough to, at bare minimum, make a play-in game. Yeah, for sure. I thought as soon as they traded Powell, I'm like, all right, I guess they're blowing it up. And mm-hmm. guess, same, right? same. What do you, do you think? The like They was asking for too much for Lowry probably, right? I think they wanted a first and uh, and a player, is if I'm remembering correctly on like what the offers were. Because um, I know Miami didn't want to give up Tyler Hero or uh, Duncan Robinson for him. And I mean, it is like Toronto's franchise 
player, like most popular player that they've ever had. So, I mean, I can see them not wanting to make that deal if it's not a deal they think is like everything they wanted. Yeah, for sure. And they're probably still confident that they could draft well. Remember they took uh, Malachi Flynn. I was really high on him out of San Diego State. I I thought they should. I thought the Knicks could have drafted him before I knew because I I knew quickly what who he was in Kentucky. You know, being a SCE a player of the player of the year and all that. But mm-hmm. I didn't believe his game would translate to the NBA. Like he proved me wrong. I really did. I thought quickly was going to be trash when he came into the league. <laughs> I, yeah, really yeah. I mean, I wasn't like upset about the quickly picks. I mean, you know, it's a late first rounder. But I thought like best case scenario, he was Malik Monk, and he shouldn't an ability to like actually handle the ball and potentially even run an offense. So, I mean, that's just, that's been such a big surprise and really offsets how disappointing the year Obi's had this year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like if quickly didn't pan out, like this draft would have been completely disaster, a complete disaster because you're not bringing in no new, no talent that could help right away. And, you know, we can have, like, so the fans can envision a future with them, right? Because you know how Knicks fans are. Like, like they, was, they was done with Dennis Smith Jr. Like, half a season in. Like, they, they was done yeah. with him. They ain't patient, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, uh, back west, um, you know, the Clippers, they, they brought in Rondo to help that group. They was struggling uh, – getting the offense flowing because, you know, Kawhi, he doesn't want to bring up the ball all the time. Um, Reggie Jackson is not really – I think Reggie Jackson shouldn't – I don't even understand how Reggie Jackson is in the NBA, to be quite I mean, he's a good scoring guard, a little combo guard, maybe, like, off the bench or something. But, yeah, I don't see him as a starter in the league at all. <laughs> Bro, it's so confusing on how, like, he's playing for this team. And, like, Patrick Beverly has just, like – He's not in a rotation no more. They're paying more of a Terrence man. He's from I forgot Brooklyn. all about Pat Beverly for a minute. Well, he's still. I didn't realize he was still on that team. He's like the last person on that team from you know a few years ago when they right, had. That. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They've traded everybody. You know, Lou Williams. He was um. He was upset. He was thinking about retiring. You know, he he felt like. Like most of these players, like when they get traded, when they they felt like they had a deep connection with an organization. It, it rubs them the wrong way when they just get suddenly traded, you know, because like Marcus Smart is like an example, right? Like Danny Ainge was shopping him around and, you know, Marcus Smart is like, he's a Boston Celtic, you know, to the heart. It, it hurts. Oh, for sure, man. Like, like even when uh, they traded Isaiah Thomas, like that was ruthless, man. They just, he gave him like one of the best years of, that the Celtics have had in recent memory, and they just shipped away. And I know Kyrie Irving's a great player, but that was just – he felt bad. I felt bad for Isaiah Thomas after that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. I thought um, that was probably one of the best coaching jobs, like, in NBA history. Like, he had a 5-9 point guard averaging 30. Like, Brad Stevens, and then they want to they call for his job. Like, just be grateful that you have a top five, top three coach in the NBA. Honestly, yeah. You don't like when Miami was having a few down years, you didn't hear people calling for Spolstra's job. I mean, I know Brad Stevens doesn't have the rings and things like uh, Spolstra does, but he also doesn't have LeBron James and D Wade either. It's just, I think, I still think he's one of the best X and O's coaches in the league. 
Yeah, for sure. Out playing coaches in the playoffs. You know how many times he he duped Brett Brown, bro? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, with the, the Clippers, you know, Ty Lu, he's um I guess like do you feel like Ty Lu's been a difference maker or it's like the same we'll see in the playoffs? Like how do you feel about that Ty Lu hire? I mean, if Doc's message wasn't resonating with the players and the players like Ty Lue and he's able to get more out of them and the players to buy in more, I think it was the right move for them to make. But I think Doc's a better coach and I don't think coaching was necessarily the problem. I mean, you see the Clippers still have problems this year. That's why they had to go out and trade for Rondo. I just think that the Clippers, as much as like whenever they traded for Kawhi and Paul George, I thought I was going to absolutely love that team because I love Kawhi, I love Paul George, I loved Pat Beverly. It's like just a, those three as defenders on that roster. I was like, that's just going to, they're going to be so tough to score on. But when your best player is Kawhi, he's not an emotional leader. And I don't think he really, gets his team excited and to buy in. There's not a lot of chemistry. So, I mean, I guess that's what they're hoping for from Rondo, someone that can distribute and kind of be a actual leader on the team because Paul George is basically flamed out every time in the playoffs and Kawhi can only do so much. And like you said, he doesn't really want to be the one taking the ball up the court every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, like you said, like uh, Paul George flame outs have been like embarrassing. It, it really has. Like even like after he came back from the leg injury in Indiana, I know like it took him some time to come back. But mm. the regular season, you know, he, he's been somewhat awesome. And then in the playoffs, it's just a, a dramatic change in his game. Like the, the Portland series, he disappeared for four games. Uh that the Utah series the, the year before that, you know, when Donovan Mitchell pretty much just a rookie Donovan Mitchell just took him out the game offensively. He couldn't match the shot making. Um uh Paul George, like, like even last year with the with the uh backboard shot from the side. Like it's a lot of stuff. Like the defense will always be there. Like because he's one of the he's one of the better defenders that the NBA has. Mm. But uh because Kawhi is gonna be Kawhi, right? But for them to really take the chance, really take the next level, even with the Rondo trade, like the Rondo is not gonna fix Paul George going, you know, two for fifteen. Right, right, right. Like, and the thing that really bugged me was like how Paul George he blamed Doc on all the smoke on like he tried to play him like JJ Redick off screen. Yeah, I heard and, that. that and was, pin downs. Was, you gotta take some responsibility for yourself, man. Like, bro, we was watching the game. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Doc had, Doc's won some rings. You won thing. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then the three, uh, the three-one lead. Probably one of the worst three-one leads. Like, it was probably more, to me. It was more embarrassing than the Golden State one because at least Golden State they lost to LeBron. Right, right. Like, yeah, they I lost to Jokic. <laughs> And, and Jamal Murray, they couldn't stop them for like three straight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they definitely blew that. And like, you just one of those players, Kawhi and Paul George, has to step up and just win you a game at that yeah. point. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Paul George needs. Hey, Paul George needs to give Kawhi a series. You know, yeah. for real. I mean, he's getting paid all that money, and you're just not showing. I mean, he's, like he said, he's playing great in the regular season, but he's just not getting it done when it counts. And then um, one, the last thing that I want to talk about before I let you go, um, you know, uh, Paul George, you know, when he signed that extension in the summer, this past summer, I didn't think it was more of like, you know, I, we want to continue this relationship for years. I think it's more of like a Blake Griffin thing, like, you're a good player, and when we feel like you're not going to work, we're going to trade you. And I feel like Kawhi didn't sign his extensions because he's still iffy on him. Oh, yeah, Kawhi's definitely still waiting to see, I think, how this year goes and what the front office does. But, I mean, they gave up a lot in that Paul George trade, and they don't have a ton of flexibility to really get better from here. So, I mean, if they don't do something in the playoffs this year – I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi had at least some doubts about it. Yeah, for sure. Right. Leave, yeah. So um, what type of free agents outside of like the obvious Lonzo and Brunson would you like to see the Knicks take a run at this offseason? Oh, to, to, to be completely honest, right, I would like to – like it's not more about the free agents. Like – I would like to see them keep like Burks, like somebody like Burks. I would like to see them keep maybe Reggie on like uh, on like a small time deal. I think not. It's more of finding a point guard. Like it's it's just more about finding a point guard, not about the other pieces. To me, I feel like if we found like a legit point guard, like above average point guard, we'd be a whole better team. I think we would step into uh, the next tier not 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 like um the boston celtic the indiana like on that tier i, I feel like we're still but we're still in like the charlotte the bulls like we, we didn't break i still believe you know we're having a great season i still don't believe we broke that that threshold so if i would like i want them to be cheap to be honest i want them to be cheap if anything go trade up for uh snugs or if you have to open up the treasure chest and go get Cade, like i'm completely 100 percent down for that because i want them to be cheaper i don't want them to just keep throwing i don't want them to throw money like the hawks did uh, just because we had a good season I, I don't if anything retain retain most of the players we have on the team let go of alfred payton if anything bring up a better backup uh i, I believe uh uh, Dragic, he has uh, – I was looking at him more specifically, like somebody like him. He has a team option for uh, 18 mil, something like that. I'm pretty sure Miami's going to decline that. If, you know, if that – if he wants to move on, that's like a perf- like a player like that. Like I would appreciate Gordon Dragic. I don't think we're, we're able to get the chance on uh, Gary Trent Jr. I just – I don't think so. He's restricted. Right, yeah, I don't see – letting him go uh i don't know if you're a big fan of um the point guard at auburn uh i, f- I forgot his first name his last name is cooper oh yeah i know you're talking about i don't um i've seen a little bit of him i uh, i honestly haven't seen a ton though really good vision really really good vision he's prob- his vision is up there with snugs and Cade. really good vision but he he's 6-1 i don't know how good of an nba defender he would be with him, like you would have to think, like him and RJ would would be your backcourt of the future, right? So I don't know, 
how good he would be defensively. But as far as running an offense, and if we're not going to get a lottery pick, say like the Dallas pick is not a lottery pick, and um, our pick, we make the playoffs, he's a guy at 18, 20 that I, the Knicks should look at, for real. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can see that. I mean, they need to find a player like that somewhere, whether it's the draft or free agency or what, but they definitely need another lead guard on this team. Uh, who do you feel like they should uh, get if it's not Lonzo? Um, honestly, some players I was looking at was, as far as guards go, I think Landry Shamit's a uh, free agent this year. And I think him coming either as a starter off the bench, if we let Bolot go, I think having him to play when quickly is off the court really adds a lot more three-point shooting to our team and would, you know, just kind of spread the floor to allow RJ to attack the rim a little easier and just everybody get to the rim a little easier. Outside of point guards, though, I know TJ Warren from Indiana. I know he was hurt. He's hurt this year, but I think he's a really good player. And if you could get him – and RJ and quickly, or if we re-sign Burks and Mitch, I think that would be a really solid lineup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like TJ Warren's game a lot. The only problem is like, like he said, he's coming off an injury, and how much money would he command? You would think like he would want a long-term contract. It's probably the first contract he's gonna get pay, like paid, paid, right? Yeah, I think he only made like seven mil this year or something like that. Yeah, so he'll he'll be looking to get paid. Uh, but as far as I like Shaman, I like that Shaman pick a lot. If uh, if he's going to replace Bullock, but you know, I don't know if what does Shaman give you that Bullock doesn't, you know? No, that's a good point. I think Bullock's a much better defender. It's more if if Bullock leaves for whatever reason, they don't feel like paying whatever he's worth. But honestly, I think he'll probably actually be cheaper than Shaman on the open market. Uh, do you give uh, Bullock or Alex Burke a long-term deal? I'd definitely give Burke. I'd like to give Burke an extension if you can get it at a reasonable price. How much but is reasonable? I'd say maybe, I don't know, four years, $12 million a piece. Oh, that's cheap. That's not, he, He'll laugh at that contract. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the highest I would go would be 15 probably. You know, I saw on Twitter uh four I think I saw three twenty six. Oh really? Yeah. That's what I was like, damn, like four yeah. fit four twelve, like uh, nah, he won't take that. <laughs> <laughs> he won't take yeah. that. I think he's played like I think he deserves at least eight mil a year. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, because like, if you think, right, like he's his defense has been better than I thought he would. Like he's not the best one-on-one defender, but damn, like he play, like, he'll play the team. Like, he's a good team defend defender. He understands the concept. Tibbs is trying to run. He's a fourth quarter killer. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah. Just, like, just to be clear, I'm at I'm at four years, twelve million each year. Not oh 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 okay okay. Not so I guess forty eight million. So that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay. That, that's my idea of like a reasonable contract for. I thought you said four years over, uh, four mil over. I mean, so, yeah, well, the year around. Four years, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I might have said that honestly. I mix up my words a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, pretty much went through everything, right? Yeah, I think so. That's all we had on our list, I believe. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll catch y'all later. Episode six of the Corner Three podcast. I guess I'll catch y'all next week, maybe Tuesday, maybe Thursday. We'll see. Maybe Nolan come on, maybe not. We'll see. Catch y'all guys later. All right. Thanks.